The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good types. But so many poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, without further ado, this is the Homance Chronicles, and I'm Sarah. And I'm Nicole. And you know what? It's been a day. I'm so happy that we actually made it here. You know, technology's <laughs> great when it works. Um, so just, just bear with us. Who knows? Halfway through this episode, we'll see what happens. Um, so just everybody, thank you for joining us because we have an amazing guest today. So I would like to welcome a dating and relationship coach for smart and successful women, Anwar White. Hello. I'm sure you say that yes. to all of your guests. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm kidding. Thank you so much for no. having me. <laughs> Absolutely, thank you for being here. I'm really excited to hear what you've got to, got you know for us today because it's been a challenging year, and we've talked to so many people about so many yeah. different facets of dating, but I don't think that we've actually talked to a gentleman, if you will. Yeah, well, I'm like half a gentleman, okay? <laughs> I'll take it. So I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I say that because I'm, um, if you can't tell by my voice, super duper gay. And so, um, <laughs> no, I say that because, you know, I think it helps me when it comes to having different perspectives, both the male and the female perspective and helping my clients I would really say understand so. both worlds, you know? Well, yeah, because you're like, you're like on the inside, kind of. You kind of like came up with the other side so you have like insights yeah totally <laughs> i use I, I tell people all the time you know i have been doing this since elementary school so like wow. helping the boys talk to the girls and the girls talk to the boys because i was playing basketball with the boys and double dutching with the girls so i could always kind of navigate so many different circles you know just a natural matchmaker look at I you try my best what can you say <laughs> and so then that, that just kind of like continued throughout your life and then it yeah well kind of and not really like i've always been there for all of my girlfriends but it wasn't until i got my mba and then i was like catching up with all of my classmates and like they were having the most amazing lives but <laughs> except for love <laughs> like they had the car they had the home they had the nice travels they had the great friends and the brunches except for this little thing right and so me being the type a person that i am i'm just like okay girl like this is ridiculous like we have to handle this like i'm just gonna take over your love life like, <laughs> over a decade ago and i'm like yeah like we're gonna redo your whole profile this is not working i'm gonna like tell you who you should be with how to text them like all of that and before i knew it like they were getting into these amazing relationships and getting engaged and getting married and that's when I was like oh I'm really freaking good at this I should 
like continue doing this because you have to understand like be, while I was doing this, I was also like head of finance for like a top, you know, 100 fortune 100 company head of marketing and all of that other stuff. And I was like, mm, this thing stresses me out. And this thing brings me joy and love and life. So, <laughs> so I got certified as a relationship coach. And I've been doing that ever since. That's so remarkable. Congratulations on your MBA. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I roll my eye because the MBA is like, people don't think it's like a huge accomplishment, but it's like half the time people are just partying theirs and it doesn't like, <laughs> it's not like we're like studying and learning a ton. Like you, everything that you learn in the MBA, you learn like the same thing everywhere else. And you can actually learn all of the principles online. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, yeah. At this no point. No shade to everyone who's getting their MBA right now. No, not at all. It, but that because was my we're experience all, at least. Yeah, no, we're all kind of just all stuck in a system that it requires that piece of paper for us to be valid. So whatever. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> I have so my now, MBA and I'm not offended. No. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> and I fully knew she had her MBA and she wouldn't be offended. So we're fine. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like what I said was correct? Uh, I got my MBA later in life, so I was not like partying away while I did it. However, I had a different. Yes, you were. We were partying while you were getting it. Remember? Oh, yeah. I you were I writing your happy. papers while we were drinking at the pool. Yeah, that's true. But <laughs> it wasn't like dorm life. I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I was in my later 20s, so I was already out on my own and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I still was fitting in like a fun lifestyle. So that's why I was to say, like, it was almost a, uh, a mindset shift from my bachelor's because once I got into my master's, I was like, as long as I pass, I'm fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, like as long as I wrote something passable, we're good. No one's going to ask you what kind of GPA you got for your MBA. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> but that does Comfort. lead me, yeah, that does lead me to ask you, like, why do you think that women like who are in MBA programs or who are super successful have a harder time finding the right person? Yeah, I think it's a variety of different issues. I think you know, people mate differently than before. So, you know, um, people do what, what I call like a sort of dating. Well, everyone calls it that actually, but it means that I'm only dating the people that are on my level, basically. So if I have a college degree, I'm looking for someone who else ha who has a college degree. Or if I have a grad degree, I'm looking for someone who also has that level of education or in a certain career status or level, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, we see a lot of that happening. Unfortunately, what has been happening also is that 40% um, of women are getting college degrees and 30% of men are. So there's a huge flip-flop and a huge, hmm. um, you know, a difference of, uh, you know, proportions or ratios when it comes to men and women in certain circles. And so you're already kind of at a, as a woman, uh, at a deficit if you are dating and mating in this way. Right. And so um, that's a huge part of it. And then also um, it also means that because less or fewer men are actually graduating college, it's taking them longer to actually find career success. And the thing about men is that, you know, the way that they actualize themselves and create, you know, self-esteem is through their career. 
And they're not going to want to partner with anyone until they feel like they are the man that they're supposed to be and that they can provide. And that really relates to their career. So if they're not there yet, right? If it's taking them longer to get there, right? If there are more and awesome badass women in the work in the workplace that are killing it and you know work is becoming more competitive and so it's taking them an even slower amount of time to get to the level that they feel like they need to get to then it's very hard for them to feel ready right most of the time these men are not ready based on the level that you're potentially at and so, and you know, you being probably really successful as a smart and successful woman is going to highlight the major insecurity that these men are having. That's one aspect. Another aspect is also because a lot of smart and successful, high achieving women are very assertive. And sometimes that can, you know, either, you know, emasculate a man or it can kind of, you know, make them like a, what I call a Peter Pan, right? Like a baby and you end up mothering them. <laughs> you are planning well, right? You're doing what you need to do for them. And sometimes, so it can either be one of these extremes. And so that can disconnect you from a man as well. Yeah, I've definitely been in a position where I earned more than a partner and, you know, I was way more successful. And as soon as I became, you know, started becoming more successful, his was the opposite and he ended up spiraling completely and then we broke up it was a whole situation and um and that was the first time i recognized that like men still do carry that they have to be the breadwinner they have to be successful they have to have everything set up appropriately in order to feel like a man that was the first time yeah yeah I think it's interesting also, um, at least for the women that I work with, that they generally have this really interesting checklist, right? And so, uh, you know, he's got to make six figures. And I think like, you know, 10% of men make six figures. He's got to be six feet tall. I think like 15% of men are six feet tall. He's got to have a graduate degree. Okay. Only like 13% of men have graduate (laughs) degrees, right? Uh, You know, and if you're taking like the, you know, ages 30 to 50, that's like 40% of men. If you do the math on that, that's like 0.07% of men out there, right? You have to understand I was an undergrad statistics major. So I I approached uh... this thing with like, you know, quantitatively and qualitatively. (laughs) So um, I used to work for a big corporation where we had 16,000 people at our headquarters and the male to female ratio was a little off. It was like, you know, we'll say 60% male, 40% female or something like that. But people would be like, how are you not meeting somebody at work? And I'm like, okay, first of all, <laughs> this many is married, this many are gay, this many are, you know, I'm not into or what? Like, Unavailable. Like, deducing it down. And you're like, so that leaves me with two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And why just saw one of them picking their nose? So that's, he's out. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think about it the same way. I'm like, my population that I have to choose from is quite small, actually. Mm-hmm. If I really want to stick to like finding my equal, because the all the things that you mentioned, like highly educated, makes over six figures, et cetera, et cetera. Like for me to find that person who is at that same level as me, I my pool is like this big, especially if I want like 
them to not have any baby mama drama and I want them to be at least in a reasonable distance for me and <laughs> all these other logistical things that go into having a successful relationship. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned all of that to just say that we have to widen our net. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that we have to, like, maybe he doesn't have to be six feet tall. Maybe he can be 5'11 or 5'10 or 5'9, which is the average of, of men in the US, right? right? Um, so it's really about also taking a hard look at, like, our checklist and if it's actually serving us or not, right? Um, you mentioned an, actually a really interesting thing about I want my equal. Yeah. And what's so funny is that oftentimes smart and successful women are actually dating for their clone, but that's not how men date, right? They don't, right. They don't want their equal. So you're looking for someone who's not looking for you. Right. <laughs> Ultimately, men just want to feel really good around the women that they like or who they're dating. Ultimately, yeah. that's what it comes comes down to. I use the acronym GAS. You know, he wants to feel good, he wants to feel accepted, and he wants to feel strong, right? So, you're he's not going to feel good if he feels like you're criticizing him, right? <laughs> if you're calling out some of the shortcomings, he wants to feel empowered. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I've come to that realization as well that men like do not care. They have this uh, very different level of caring about things as women do. And so women are looking at um, like, is he or how can he provide? And he wants to be a provider, but he just wants to be loved in return. Like he doesn't need you yeah. to provide as well. And mm -hmm. so, um, yeah that like having um, that more assertive personality doesn't make you like that soft, loving, like caring person all the time in their eyes. Um, yeah, so. it's interesting. I, I, I want to, as I've been kind of thinking about dating right now, it's actually changing a little bit. And I say that to say, especially in this, this summer, kind of after, as we get out of this pandemic, I want to encourage the listeners out there to, to especially physically, um, like in the real world, be a little bit more assertive, actually. And um, I know it sounds weird because I think sometimes when I say when I when I say assertive, people think of like assertive in the way that a man would be assertive approaching a woman, like an and aggressive and anger. About, yeah, right? like or an like aggression and anger, touching and no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like initiating conversation and things like that. We are living in a post Me Too movement where men are not going to be approaching you as much as they used to. Such right? a good point. It's such a good point. They, because they don't want to be considered a harasser or a creep. Mm -hmm. So it means that you're going to either give him like such a green light from a distance or, uh, you know, give him one of those, hey, what's up? How's it going? Right. One of those lame messages that you get in an online dating app that you like roll your eyes on. But actually, it's a really great like conversation starter in real life for a woman. <laughs> the other thing is like we're coming from a pandemic. So we all have different comfort levels in terms of space and like everything like that. So that's why I'm encouraging at least the women that I'm working with that they're going to have to take a little bit more of an assertive um, approach to in real life kind of interactions. And like invite, right? Because it's Yeah, difficult. I mean, it's, it's really about starting the conversation and like starting the interaction and then 
letting him kind of figure out what he wants to do with it. Right. Yeah. But at least taking that initiative, because without that, not a lot's going to happen. I'm going to tell you that right now. Yeah. I, I, I uh, now that we don't have to wear masks, like as a regular thing all of the time, you can practice just smiling at people again. And um, <laughs> it's wild. It's yeah. a wild exercise. It's, you like, know, speaking of, oh, you can see each other. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of exercise, I went to the gym and people's faces when they don't have their masks on, you can tell when people are like forgetting they don't have their mask on anymore because they make the faces that you just weren't expecting them to make. That's going to be a fun time. (laughs) Just watching all the people with their faces and their tongues sticking out and everything cracks me up. So the other thing is that a lot of people, I think, feel... Um, I don't know, maybe it's uh, disgruntled about the dating situation, because apps just aren't working. And, or they're working for some people, but they're not working for others, or the apps are um, actually deceiving in regards to who's out there or how they're putting themselves out there because men could say like they're ready for a relationship on the app and then ghost you three dates in because they're not really ready. Um, So you like from an app, you get all this information up front and you try to like filter it down and you're like, this guy is great. But then once you're in person, you don't have that like filter anymore of like, well, I don't know how old he is. I don't know if he has kids or not. And so like, these are great things to have a conversation. But I think it's like, we have, we've lost the ability to like, have natural conversation and have these organic meetings and know how to approach them. And the dating app thing is just so easy, but it's not getting us the results. So it's like, how do you take these two forms of interacting with people and find the right mix and the right mesh because you're like I was so used to one way now we're going back to like pre-date or pre-app dating and I don't know what to do with my life anymore like I don't know what to say I don't know how to approach it like what if he tells me that he's unemployed then do I just walk away? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's so many things that you have to balance now because you used to have all the <laughs> I'm unemployed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Leave. Like, it's just such a weird time because <laughs> one way, now you, like, have to go and be human again. <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting question. So yeah. I think that you should be doing both. Um, if you're getting to an actual date and a lot of things are coming up that are surprising you, it means that you have not filtered in the correct way, which means that you need to rethink your dating strategy. If you're not having phone calls or video calls with these men before you physically go out with them, then you're probably doing yourself a disservice, right? Um, and I say that because, you know, having these calls and having, you know, these video calls, you can get a sense of, does he look like his pictures? Oftentimes he doesn't because men don't take a lot of pictures of themselves. So they just find the latest one that they, that's been taken. And maybe that was three years ago. Right. Um, but you get a better sense of them on the phone and on the video call, which I think is an important thing to do when you're on, on the apps. Right. Um, 
but I also think that it should be kind of a balance. That's going to be different for every woman because every woman has a different lifestyle. If you're like more of a homebody, maybe you're leaning more toward the apps. If you're more introverted, maybe you're leaning more toward the apps versus kind of engaging in, in real life. But you know, I think sometimes people like to blame the apps as like this horrible thing. Most of my clients um, find great partners through apps. So it's about how you work it and how you think about it. I, I think like dating apps are like gyms, right? It's like how, like everyone pretty much has the same uh, equipment. It's about how you actually work it, right? And so um, it's important to figure out exactly how you are funneling these men and getting a better understanding of if it's going to be a match or not. So do you recommend that um, if you are, if you're matched with somebody on an app and you're trying to do your vetting process outside of maybe what's in their profile, um, how long do you think that it's appropriate to talk to somebody before you move to a phone call or before you move on to a date, um, before you like women start feeling like they're wasting their time? Yeah, I generally with like one to two days. Okay. Really quickly. Um, I tell my clients have three dating message, like three, like, conversation rounds on the dating app, move to text. Uh, and then after two conversations of that, move to a phone call. And then after that, get on a physical date. If you're having a good interaction along the way, there right. has to be a funnel. There needs, there need to be contact points each and every way. Here's the thing. Uh, I, my point of working with women is not so that they just date because you can lower your standards and date anyone. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to have um, consistent, high quality dates, even if that means you're going on one date a month, right? Because I know that uh, if you're going on a lot of bad dates, it's going to discourage you from continuing. And the worst thing that can happen in this part of your life is the start and the stop, the start and the stop, because you lose momentum and you lose um, kind of finding your footing on the, in this online game, right? In this online dating situation. And so, you know, I prefer online. I, you know, my whole thing is I want the ladies that I work with to be the choosers and not the chosen, right? And so online, being online allows you to do that, uh, you know, much better. Yeah. So we get, so let's say we get to a point where we're physically dating, we're going on dates, we're maybe committing to each other. Vulnerability is like the phrase of the year. I feel like it's going to start to come up and everybody's be like, I'm just so vulnerable. I need to be vulnerable. Can you go into like vulnerability in those early stages and maybe what could be considered vulnerable that's healthy? And then what's maybe not, like not healthy, vulnerable, like I'm oversharing. Yeah. So um, I'm so glad that you kind of pointed out like the early stages. In the early stages of courtship and, and dating, I want it to be light and fun, right? I don't want us to go through these sob stories, these homeless <laughs> to Harvard stories where, you know, I was living in my car and dot, 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 um, because he's not ready for that. He just wants to under, he wants to figure out, can I hang out with her and can I have a good time? You know, men are very much in the present women are more in the future or in the past. So like you wanna be very present with the guy that you're with and just have a good time and joke and flirt and have fun. Why do I say that? I say that because 
when he feels comfortable hanging out with you and joking and having fun, it's going to be much easier for him to be vulnerable with you, right? Which is really where the connection happens more mm -hmm. than anything else. Right. If you can't get vulnerable, if he can't, doesn't feel like safe enough to get vulnerable with you, you're never going to be connected. And what I have found is that fun, jokes, good times is the fastest way to get there with the guy. So the first couple of dates, that's the only thing. I just want you to have fun and crack jokes and talk your shit and everything else. Right? <laughs> I'm Later always on, on the That's when I want us to start to get a little bit more vulnerable. Right? And I'm always on the opposite end. Men are always telling me their sob stories. I'm like, right. what? <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing is like, how do you handle their vulnerability when they're just like, hi, I live with my mom. I've been doing this for 37 years. <laughs> and it's like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, uh, you redirect and say, you know, we can definitely <laughs> talk. No, you redirect it, right? Like, okay. you know, we're out, we're having a good time. Let's, let's, let's talk about something that makes me happy. <laughs> just be straight Ultimately. up, be like, I don't care about that right now. Let's have fun. <laughs> it's not about not caring. It's about having fun, right? Yeah. And realize, and also, you know, basically prefacing it by saying, definitely we can talk about that at another time, but I just, I want to keep it light right now. And I want to know some fun things, right? Like, you know, what's your favorite thing to do, right? Or something like that. We redirect the conversation. You don't want it getting heavy. You, this isn't Oprah's, you know, state. We don't have to talk. We don't have to tell our stories here. Right. right? Well, and then you set a boundary. Yeah. And so he knows, okay, that's not what she's ready for right now. Let me, let me figure out how I can kind of represent myself on the state. The other reason why I'm saying this, with I, which I think a lot of women feel uncomfortable kind of saying, is that I want you to set boundaries and I want you to let him know how you want to be treated and how you want to be interacted with, because then you get to sit back and observe whether he's listening or not. Right. Ooh. Ultimately, you know, I say dating is like data -ing and just collecting all of this data about <laughs> whether he is going to be someone who is considerate and kind and, you know, open minded and, you know, all of these different things. Right. Honest. Um, and you do that by being very clear about how you want to be treated and how you want to interact with him. So, um, so you were asking about um, kind of oversharing and what would be good to share. You know, I always, uh, I work with my clients and I have a whole module in, in my online program about just vulnerability um, because, you know, it sounds kind of archaic, but um, women actually create vulnerability spaces when it comes to female and male relationships. And so if you can't get vulnerable, it's gonna be hard for you to really connect, right? And so you have to be very practiced in doing that. So I always, you know, I tell my clients to think about vulnerability in a couple of different ways, right? So obviously I think most people think of vulnerability as like a circumstance, like this happened to me in the past, right? And I'm sharing this thing that, that's happened to me which I think is just like one level of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. I think like a deeper level is actually like your thought or interpretation about that circumstance, right? So for example, um, I can say, you know, I used to play tennis. I was a competitive tennis player growing up in Southern California. Okay, that's fine. Well, what are my thoughts about that? My thoughts are, you know, it, you know, it made me really disciplined, but, um, you know, and, but sometimes it was like, it was really hard to connect with other people playing tennis, right? 
the, the kind of the third level is your feelings around that situation, right? So for this tennis example, you know, I could say something like, you know, I felt out of place oftentimes while I was playing tennis because I was the only black kid, right? Or, you know, I came from not, you know, I wasn't wealthy like everyone else and things like that. And so, and we can talk about it in that way. This really rounds out when we're sharing about ourselves and vulnerability wasn't a sob story, but you know much more about me and how I navigate the world through the circumstance, the thought and the feeling versus just telling you that I used to play tennis as a kid. Right? I love that breakdown so much. Yeah, I really do. I'm just all for it. <laughs> because we've, um, so we've had a, uh, we had a previous guest who really was um, talking about the differences between masculine energy and feminine energy. And how realistically speaking, if they're balanced out in a person, then or in the in the relationship, then the men, the masculine entity is still doing the more masculine things, which is the thinking and the providing. And the feminine energy is doing more of the like homemaking and feeling. Do you see a difference in your work? Yeah. <laughs> 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 so here's the thing. We all have masculine and feminine energy, right? right? It's all about what we use in different parts of our lives. Most of us are using our masculine energy in our careers. Mm -hmm. um, but I just want women to know that you can choose, right? You can choose whether you want to be in your feminine or your masculine in relationships. You don't have to be in your feminine, right? I always use like the 80-20 rule. Okay. 80% like of men are going to be in their masculine, 20% are going to be in their feminine, dominant when it comes to relationship and vice versa for women. Um, and so you get to choose. Like a quarter of my clients, 20 to 25% of my clients, they say, I want to be in my masculine. That's fine, girl. You get to do whatever the hell you want to do. <laughs> it just means that our dating strategy changes. Right. right? That uh, we're going to be looking at for more artistic guys, more creative guys. We're going to be looking for teachers. We're going to be looking for nurses. We're going to be looking for, right, some of those careers or some of those people that are more in their feminine energy, right, when it comes to, um, you know, relationships. But the thing that I want to offer to you all that I don't think gets talked about a lot when it comes to feminine and masculine energy is that, like, literally after a year, the whole feminine and masculine energy doesn't really matter. Or actually, like, <laughs> after the first six months, it doesn't really matter because at that point, you're just a team and you're figuring out who has the best strengths where, and that's mm -hmm. what we're going to go with, right? I might yeah. be in my masculine energy, but I might not know anything about finances, but my partner does. And so, you know, my partner is going to handle all of the finances, right? Or whatever yeah. that is. Right. So what, what's interesting and what happens is, you know, around 50, when we're getting menopausal, uh, right, that women are, are actually in their prime and are having a little bit more testosterone and men are actually decreasing in testosterone. And so they actually get, have more feminine energy. So you, you'll see a lot of these 50 and 60 year old men that are starting gardens and being more <laughs> homemaking in general. Whereas women are actually really hitting their stride when it comes to their career and they're like getting shit done, right? So <laughs> I think it's interesting that people are thinking about masculine and feminine like energy like in the beginning of a relationship but not thinking about how it actually kind of transforms over time. Yeah, I feel like it's maybe a new concept that um, we can have both for people, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's strange that some people are okay with 
taking on the man's role in the relationship when they're the female. And I think that society is now starting to accept the fact that there's that's allowed and that's totally okay and that we can recognize it and appreciate it and use it for what it's, you know, going to benefit us for, which yeah. is finding the right partner. Definitely. But I think it's super interesting that you allow your partners to make the decision on and, and make a defined decision, like a conscious decision that they're going to be the more masculine energy in the relationship. So then you go consciously find the more feminine side to compliment them, which I think that I maybe then maybe I'm speaking from my own personal experience, but like I always saw myself as a very masculine energy because I'm a boss bitch. Hey, <laughs> and we love, it. We love to see it. <laughs> thanks. And um, but I like masculine energy men, so I had to learn how to soften my approach, soften myself, access my more feminine energy when I was going out and dating these guys because that was actually what I was looking for was more of the masculine energy for myself. I love that. And that's what I was saying, right? You get to choose right. based on what you want. And I think a lot of women sometimes feel like they have to do something and you mm-hmm. don't. You can yeah. find your match, whatever you feel like being. Right. And I think that your explanation of it and like um, allowing for like the finding of the partner explanation part of it, it makes it maybe settles it a little bit more for me personally, because it's like, oh, wait, yeah, we can find a match for that. Even if I'm this way now i can totally. access it and be that person if i want to be and then like you said eventually the relationship you just a partnership you figure out which works and which doesn't man i think you're the only coach of any kind but specifically dating coach who's like well i can tell you exactly like who you should be trying to date right I i've never heard that from anyone ever and ever so um how do you come up with the formula? Like, yeah. you don't need to give us all your secrets. It's obviously how you have a business. But I mean, <laughs> like, I've not heard anybody say, well, here, let me let me just tell you like what to I feel like he just knows, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's experience. I But it's about the yin and the yang. Right. And I think it's about understanding what's going to work and what's not going to work. Right you're a boss ass bitch and you want to get with the CEO who's also a boss ass motherfucker <laughs> right <laughs> it's masculine and masculine you guys are just going to be hit, bumping heads and trying to control and gain power over each other and make the decisions right it's just not going to be a good partnership so we have to just think about what's going to make the best partnership possible right it, it's and again, this masculine and feminine energy thing, it's really about the, like the courtship phase of, mm-hmm. it, of most of it. And a lot of that shit just goes away, right? Like yeah. once you guys are like shacked up and you guys are seriously dating, you're like figuring it out. We're okay. Why yeah. you gotta be such a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how you have to think about this, right? You have to have a dating strategy. Most people don't, and that's why they don't get what they want because they don't know what they should be looking for and what they need and what they want. And I think that's really the the value add of being with, you know, working with a dating coach um, because that dating coach gets to basically give you perspective on some of the blind spots or things that you didn't know that you should be knowing, right? About how to to optimize your happiness and getting the partner that's going to be best for you, not just based on your checklist of what you want, but actually what you need. 
which See, is and that's, more important. Right. And I think that's, I think that you're doing the Lord's work because when <laughs> I was younger, <laughs> I like, I've already admitted this several times. I just didn't know what I wanted, who I wanted, whatever. I didn't know myself because of that. And so it was really traumatic twenties of, wait, I don't like that. And I don't like you. Goodbye. And you know, just trying to sort it all out. Um, I think it would have been a little bit more helpful if somebody would have stopped saying, oh, you'll just find your person one day. And it would have been like, what do you want in a person one day? Nobody ever asked me that. <laughs> so I never but asked they myself. Don't ask, they don't ask women. Women don't get asked <laughs> what they want and what they need. And yeah, like, because we're not allowed to give them the answer. To just kind of go with the flow. Exactly. Right? So when I'm asking my clients, okay, well, what do you want exactly? What do you need? What do you, what do you want to feel in this situation? Oftentimes they say, I don't know. And as a coach, I don't accept that. Right. I get, it's important for you to actually figure it out for yourself. Right. And it's, and and it's the most challenging thing. I feel like that's the most challenging thing. And I don't think that women give themselves the permission they need to ask themselves that question. They need to seek somebody that has the authority to give them the permission to say, I want that. So, like I said, you're doing the Lord's work. Thank you. The other thing that I just want to say, too, is that um, if you don't know, like if you're not checking in with yourself, you don't know how you're feeling, you don't know what you want, it's going to be very hard for you to be in a successful relationship because men ultimately want to please you, right? But they need a roadmap. And that's your job as a woman. You need to be communicating how you're feeling and what you want at all times. That's how women actually lead relationships. Um, if, if you don't, he doesn't know where he's going. He doesn't know how to treat you. And I tell my clients this all the time. Even the best guys are going to get it right about 60% of the time. Yeah. Right? And so it's up to, you know, women to be able to say, mm, I'm not liking that. You're going to need to do it this way. Right? We need, very we need good to, with the boundaries. Yeah. yeah. And we need to have permission to be able to say, I'm not okay with that. I don't appreciate that. I, I don't, you I still don't think yourself permission. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I think that women still just don't have that. I know I don't. I still fuck up on occasion. I'm like, it's okay. And I'm like, why did I say that's okay? That's not okay. I don't like that at all. Why would I say that? Yeah. <laughs> fuck it. It's a terrible, tragic thing we need to stop doing. <laughs> So um, how, how would you suggest, and obviously if, you know, don't go beyond what you're willing to, but how would you, would you recommend, or what would you recommend to women who like are maybe listening to this or men or whoever who's listening to this and be like, I, I never asked myself that. Like, what's their first step to checking in with themselves, would you say? Um, when it comes to figuring out what they want and potentially, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, right? So I'll, I'll go through an exercise that I go with of my clients. Uh, that hey, I with my thank clients. you. So, That's so yeah, exciting. I, here's the thing. I I think it's important for people that are listening to podcasts to be able to have exercises that they can try on at home and figure yeah. out if it actually serves them or not. That's something that I do on my own podcast. And I think it's really important if you really want to kind of level up your listeners. So I totally I love that. It. I love so, that. Um, okay, so... I generally say, okay, make your first column of like the top five things that you're looking for in a guy. Okay. Just off the top of your head, just do a list of five. And, and now, then can I, I want you to do a second. Go ahead. Can I ask what these top five, how deep are we going? Are we saying, I want him to be six feet tall and yeah, just whatever is the first thing that comes up for you. Right. Okay. Perfect. Because those are the things that you're going to feel when you're on these dating apps. You're like, Hmm. He's not six five, so I'm gonna have to like okay. or whatever it is, right? Or yes. he doesn't seem like he's funny or whatever it is for you. But here's the thing. 
I don't, I don't want to tell you exactly what to do. I just want it to naturally come up because those are really the things that are going to, that you're going to be looking for. Okay, cool. Um, and then the second column, I want you to do another list of five, but this is based on the things that you've really enjoyed in your past relationships. So for example, uh, he, he liked to surprise me, uh, you know, with gifts or, you know, we had amazing sex or, you know, he really liked to travel or whatever it is, right? So another list of five. The next column is basically uh, a column of like, let's say three to five things that you were yearning for in your parental relationships. Right. So, for example, for me, my father abandoned me when I was in when I was eight or like in third grade. So someone that was consistent, reliable, always there, like was like game Gone. changer for me. Right. Everything. Right. But you have to figure out what those things are for you. Um, because and I say this because all three of these different columns are probably going to be significantly different. Right. The interesting thing is that most people are looking at this first column as like, this is what he has to have. But actually you have to be looking at this third column in terms of, you know, whatever it is, think for yourselves what that is for your parental relationships, right? If you're in your masculine, it probably means that, you know, um, your mom was probably really overly critical or your dad was very like appreciative in terms of performative performance so like if you got a's you got attention right or if you did well in sports you got attention right but like that's not unconditional love <laughs> yeah 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 so um i want you to prioritize this third column and be looking and asking questions based on that Right. And okay. observing how a man operates based on that. So when I met my partner and he texted back within five seconds and answered every phone call and I was never guessing. Right. And that was like, OK, this feels safe to me because ultimately we want to feel safe. Right. Right. And in our primary parental relationships, there were things most of the time it was probably safe, but there are things that made it unsafe. And so if your partner can make those unsafe things safe then he's probably going to make you feel ultimately safe. And really love is safety. <laughs> right, that's a safety net. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that you said the first column and third column are gonna be very different because for the first column, like immediately I'm like, I want him to make me a priority. But I also mm. feel like that would apply in the third column as well, okay. you yeah. know? So yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, so maybe you're more aligned, you're aligned with what you what you want and what you need, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I've gone through this checklist game a few times. <laughs> yeah, I've really had to do the work to get it narrowed down, because uh, my dating strategy was not working. So, no. you know, had to do some looking inside for a while there <laughs> to figure it out. So yes, my alignment might be a little bit better on par now. <laughs> awesome. We'd love to hear it. So well, I was just going to say, so it's time for like add girls and we can just make them really quick. Um, mm -hmm. So an add girl is just something that we're like proud of ourselves for or something good that's happened. And um, I, you know, I had to have like a kind of difficult conversation with my brother. And so I am proud of myself for like sticking to my ground and um, everything turned out fine, but it's just, you know, 
him and I have a pretty good relationship, so we don't have to experience those very often. So I was like, oh man, there's some anxiety going into it, but it's all good. <laughs> At a girl. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I, so to the vulnerability, vulnerability topic, I am proud of myself because, um, I'm having an issue, a reoccurring issue with my medication for my treatment. And, um, I normally wouldn't allow anybody into that part of my life. I would just handle that on my own and take on that stress and anxiety on my own. And I'm sharing it with others and I'm proud of myself because normally I would never do that. So go me. <laughs> <Atta girl. laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Anwar, what's yours? Um, well, it's interesting because I actually do this in my sessions too. I oh. like do like a, I do a highlight, I do highlights and lowlights, even though it sounds really cliche. I think it's important to yeah. always get comfortable sharing all different parts of yourself. I think a lot of women specifically don't want to talk about the great things that happen to them because they don't want to come off as braggadocious, but also they don't want to talk about the not so great things that happen because they don't want to come off as complaining. So I'm happy that <laughs> you are kind of acknowledging the amazing parts of, you know, how you show up in the world. Well, thank um, you. So my Atta girl is that this week I really advocated for my kids. I have twins that are eight years old and their teacher is not great. And so uh, I pulled a little bit of a Karen and I talked to the principal about Yes, Karen. Yes, you have to do what you have to do. But, um, you know, for me, I think uh, parental advocacy is really important. I consider myself an advocate and I think I saw that from my mother, you know, as a skinny gay black kid, my mom literally had to protect me in a lot of different ways. And so, um, you know, being able to kind of continue that for my kids, I think is something that I'm really proud of. Oh man. Add a girl. Yeah. That's amazing. Add a girl. You gotta, you gotta love parents that show up for their kids, man. Yes. It's just like the most important thing in my world. And that's why I don't have them. Cause I'm too selfish. I will never. <laughs> <laughs> Anwar, it was a pleasure today. Thank you so much for chatting You're and so talking. Welcome. Yeah, where can everybody find you? Yeah. Well, um, after they're listening to your podcast, of course, they can <laughs> listen to mine, Get Your Guy Coaching Podcast, where we talk about all of these topics in depth. Um, and then if they're interested in learning more about how they can work with me and, and how we can kind of use um, some of the things that we talked about today in their own love life in a little bit of a deeper sense, they can always book a free consultation call with me. And they can do that at www.getyourguycoaching.com slash apply. Awesome. That's Wonderful. amazing. It's great yeah, that it you is. have a, a free consultation too. Right? It's important for people to see if they mesh before they fully commit because you, you might decide that you might... might might not be able to help them if they're not in the right space or whatever. They're not listening. I got to go. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think finding a dating coach is just like dating. It like, is. You're going to have to really spill everything if you're going like to get a therapist. the most amazing results. Yeah. yeah. And you yeah. are really, you're really good at it. <laughs> Thank you. You're a safe space. Thank you, Anwar. <laughs> so if you liked what you heard today, please rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends. You can find us on Instagram at homance underscore chronicles. We also have a closed group on Facebook where we share extra naughty bits. And that is the Homance Chronicles, a judgment-free zone. So thank you, <laughs> Anwar. You are a delight. Thank you. Homance out. <laughs>